Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. Can you believe that? Listen to that rain outside. How many say it's raining inside? Praise the Lord. We're going to learn about Pentecost today. Um, 1,300 years approximately, 1,300 years before Christ was born, what was Moses doing? How many know what Moses was doing? He was going up on Mount Sinai to get the law of God, okay? 1,300 years ago. That was the very first Pentecost. That's when, that's when Moses went up to Sinai and he got the law, okay? Well, how many know what happened 2,000 years today because we're celebrating 50 days after Christ's resurrection? How many remember Easter we had? That was 50 days ago. So today we're celebrating what we call Pentecost. We're celebrating Pentecost. And what that means is 2,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, they were doing something in the upper room. How many has ever read Acts chapter 2? Come on. They were doing something up in the upper room, and the Holy Spirit came, and that was it, Jerusalem. You know, brothers and sisters, there's something amazing about God. He is, he is really into specific timing. He's really into specific places. And there's so many things that happened in Jerusalem. We know that Christ was crucified. We know that he rose from the dead. We know that, that he ascended in Jerusalem. We know that uh, in Jerusalem is where they received the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. How many say Jerusalem is very important? Anybody out there? That place is very important. The, the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came at Jerusalem. Jesus left the earth from Jerusalem. When Jesus went up in the sky in Acts chapter 11, it was on the Mount of Olives near Jerusalem, and that's where he left. How many know where Jesus is coming back to in the second coming? Everybody say Jerusalem. The Mount of Olives, that same place. Everybody remember David who slayed Goliath? You would think that that would be his climax or the most important thing or his biggest godly ambition that he had as being King David. But that was not his highest ambition. King David's highest ambition, you can read about this all through his life, and especially in, in Psalms. I don't have that scripture with me right now, but it just came to my mind a while, while, while ago. But David said, I will not rest. I will not be quiet. I will not keep fighting. I will not keep persevering. I will not keep going until the ark of God is put back in Jerusalem. The ark of God is the ark of the covenant, and that symbolizes the presence of God. So what David was saying that he would not stop, he would not quit until the ark, the ark of the Covenant was in its rightful place, Jerusalem. So David established that Jerusalem is an amazing, a most wonderful place that is so important in Scripture. And it's the city of God. Brothers and sisters, I want to rejoice today because this hit me. Lord, we thank you that we are allied we thank you that we are Israel's number one ally. And when I watched the news and I saw Israel's flag beside United States flag, I said, oh, thank you, God, for this is Jerusalem. This is the city of God. It is not to be shared with anybody else, for it is your habitation and it is your place. 
And Lord, we thank you for a president. And we pray for Mr. Trump today. And Lord, we thank you, whether we like him or not, uh, we thank you, Lord, that he delivered a promise that he said that the embassy would go back to Jerusalem. And Lord, I believe that's prophetic, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. We know because of the cross, the power of sin is broken. We know that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. We know that because Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, who's seated with him? Everybody say, I am seated with Christ in authority in heavenly places. And the scripture says that because Jesus is exalted, there's a promise that God the Father had. He told Jesus, he said, Jesus, after you go do your work detail in dying and raising from the dead, he said, when you get back up to heaven and you're seated back at my right hand, there's a promise that I promised. Joel's prophesied about this promise in Joel chapter 2. He said that the spirit would be outpoured in the earth, that all sons and all daughters and all people could be filled with the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, that is Pentecost. So when, because Jesus is exalted, how many, how many believe that, that sin has been broken in your life because Jesus died on the cross? You believe that? How many believe that your sins, that your sins are forgiven? Yes. Yesterday, today, how many believe your sins are already forgiven tomorrow? Yes. Amen. Why? Because he what? Bled. How many believe that you're seated with Christ in heavenly places? Amen. That's what the scripture says. So if you believe all those three things, why not believe the fourth thing? Because Jesus is exalted, the Holy Spirit has been given, and you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. To me, to understand Pentecost, if you want to understand what Pentecost means, to understand Pentecost, I think we need to understand the seven feasts that the nation of Israel celebrated. There were seven feasts that that the nation of Israel celebrated, and they would come to Jerusalem three times a year. And these seven feasts were were inside of the three times that they came to Jerusalem. Listen real close because this is really interesting. The first celebration was the Feast of Passover, okay? That one happened, that, that one happened, that's the one that we just celebrated at Easter. Passover has this in it. Passover has these three feasts within it. There's Passover, there's unleavened bread, and then there's first fruits, So at Passover, what we celebrate the death and resurrection of Christ, at Passover, they were celebrating his death had passed over them because they were in in Egypt and the blood was over their doorposts and the death angel passed over them, okay? I want an interesting note that everything that happens in these feasts, Jesus fulfills. Now, I want to draw a comparison. The original Passover... How many remember when you watched the movie, how many remember Moses taking the children of Israel out of Egypt? How many know that story? You have to get a place to start because a lot of people may not even know that. How many remember when Moses took the children of Israel out of Egypt? That was the first Passover. Okay? At that time, here's what happened. That was the original Passover. Okay, Jesus, when he died, and what we celebrate is Easter, when he died, rose again, and was exalted, that that is the Passover that's fulfilled through Jesus. I want to show a comparison. This is truth. At the, the, all, of, all, of the, all of the children of Israel, all of the Jews were in Jerusalem 
when Jesus hung on a cross and died. How many knew that? They were all there because God's into timing. Here's what happened. At 9 a.m., the father in, in Exodus, in Exodus back with Moses, at 9 a.m., the father was slitting the neck of the lamb. At 9 a.m., Jesus' hands and feet were being nailed to the cross. At 3 p.m., the lamb was put into the oven to be cooked. And then they ate that. Jesus said, eat of my flesh and drink of my blood in John chapter 3. At 3 p.m., Jesus was taken off the cross and put into the tomb. The oven, the tomb, the symbolism. Then the father took the unleavened bread and he hid it somewhere in the house. The father took Jesus, the unleavened bread, which represents sin and purity, and he hid him in the grave for three days. And on Sunday morning, the day after the Sabbath, remember the Sabbath was, um, the Sabbath was observed on Saturday. So we're the day after the Sabbath. That's very important. So on the Sunday morning, the day after the Sabbath, the father pulled out the loaf that he had hidden, that he had hidden. It was kind of a game with the children. And he held it up and he waved it to God and represented the first fruits of harvest, which is to come. So on the day after the, after the, after, on the day after the Sabbath following Passover, as the bread was hid, it was now taken out and Jesus was weighed before the whole world. And the whole world, you and me and everybody that's lived since Jesus did that, are the first fruits of the harvest of the redeemed. Is anybody here redeemed by the blood of Jesus? So all that. That's the first celebration. Remember, there's three in one. The second celebration was Pentecost. And that's celebrated on the third month. And when you read in Leviticus, that's when all these feasts were started. So the Jewish calendar actually starts around our Easter. It doesn't start on our January. It was a religious calendar. So the first month of the Jewish religious calendar, the first month they celebrated Passover. Well, on the third month of the Jewish religious calendar, you can look it up on Google and you can see that. On the third month, they celebrated what was called Pentecost. Pentecost was 50 days after the Passover and is fulfilled in one day. So the first two feasts have already been fulfilled by Jesus Christ. Is everybody with me? And finally, in the seventh month, I think it's around September or something. Then the Jews came back to Jerusalem again. They will do it this year. They will go again on the seventh month of the religious calendar. And they will celebrate what's called the Feast of Tabernacles. And the Feast of Tabernacles, um, the Feast of Tabernacles has not been fulfilled yet. What it is is trumpets. How many know someday that there's going to be a trumpet sound? And the dead in Christ will be rise, and we which remain shall be caught up with the Lord in the air. How many is looking for the trumpet to blow? Okay, that's going to be fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And then the second thing is after that, there's a day of atonement. There's a day of judgment. The Bible says that every man, it's appointed to a man two things. There's two appointments that none of you are going to miss. You're, 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 you're not going to miss death, and you're not going to miss standing before God. How many know you're going to stand before God? Now, you can stand before God with the atoning blood of Jesus, or you can try standing there yourself. But if you listen to this preacher, I would say that you probably need to stand with Jesus at your right hand. Amen? And that's the atonement. And then after that, it says, we will forever tabernacle. Tabernacle is like a tent, a dwelling place. 
So those three have not been fulfilled yet, but the Messiah, Yeshua, will fulfill those three where we're going to hear a trumpet, then there's going to be a judgment, and we're going to be forever tabernacled with the Lord. Somebody praise him today. So the feast is something that Jesus did. So as a believer, we can experience Passover. As a believer, how many believe in you're going to experience tabernacle where you're going to be with the Lord forever? How many believe that? Well, the other feasts, have you experienced it yet? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit since you believed? Three feasts for all believers. We've all, most of us that are here have received the first feast. But Pentecost is all about receiving that second feast. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 through 4 says this. Very important to see this. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. Everybody say fully. Fully come. I'm telling you, numbers and timing is important to God. Even in Galatians chapter 4, it says, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, made of a virgin, made under the law. Timing is everything to the Lord. And and I'm telling you, this just hit my spirit. It's probably why I keep thinking about it and keep saying it. It blows my mind, the timing of the Lord. Do you guys realize that when the U.S. Embassy was put in Jerusalem, that was celebrating the exact day that Israel was declared a nation. Now, you can itch your head and say coincidence, or you can raise your hands and say, praise be, glory to God, that we are with Israel. I'm telling you guys, it's amazing to me. That is amazing to me. So, so fully comes a big deal. Fully come, and I want to tell you this, and I'll quit after this one, I promise. I don't even think Trump knows what he's doing. Because I'm telling you, the magistrates and the rulers. When I went to Kane County the other day, when I go in that place, I just say, Kane County, you just think you're in control. You just think that your laws constrain me. You just think that you're the ones that's telling us what to do. Because I've got a perception that all authority and all magistrates and all governors, that that they may think that they're in control, but God is in control. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. So the word says, um, read that. uh, You all read that. You all read that. And I'm going to keep going. The word says when the day of Pentecost. Penta, I want you to take that word penta and I want you to divide it. Penta. Penta comes from the Greek word five. Have you ever heard the word pentagon, pentameter, pentagram, pentaprism? What that are is it's something with five points. So penta means five, and costa in the Greek means to the tenth power adding a zero, then a decimal. So really when you say when the day of Pentecost had fully come, in other words, you could say this, when the 50th day had fully come. When the 50th day had fully come. And here's what's interesting. Clear back in Leviticus. Put this scripture up. Clear back in Leviticus. Leviticus is where the feasts were started. Are y'all with me? Say amen. How many like to learn things? When the feasts were started was clear back in Leviticus. This was 1,300 years before Christ was crucified. Leviticus was being written. From the day after the Sabbath. Notice it says that. From the day after the Sabbath. 
So that would be what day? Come on, I can't hear you. Sunday. So the day after Jesus rose from the dead, that day, you bring the bundle of grain and lift it up in a special offering. And from that point, count off seven full weeks. How many days are in a week? What's seven times seven? Plus one is what? So keep coming the day after the seventh Sabbath, 50 days later, and present this new grain offering to the Lord. Or in other words, another name for the Feast of Pentecost. God set this clear back in Leviticus 15 and 16. 1,300 years before these events happened, it was happening simultaneously. When, the, when, they were together at the, when they were together at the upper room in Jerusalem, God had already set up this 50th day. Do you know why? Because God's always looking forward. He's not, always, he's not looking back because God knew that Jesus resurrected on the Sunday after the Sabbath. So he said, I need to put this in clear back at Leviticus so people will know that I'm in control and I'm Lord of Lords. So Jesus did that. Now, I want to draw a comparison of the original Pentecost. So now we know that the second feast, I want to hone in and I want to look at it. Are you all with me today? This is a lot, but I think you guys are. How many want to be filled with knowledge and wisdom and so we can put it to, that we're going to be able to apply this when we leave today. The comparison of the original Pentecost and the fulfillment of that Acts chapter 2 you read. I want to, I want to draw a comparison today. The Jews were in Egypt at the Passover. Therefore, at the Exodus story, we see the lamb was slain. That was on the 14th day. You know what? I'm not going to go over that again. I think I hit that pretty good. Let's look at this. Let's look at the similarity and the fulfillment of the original Pentecost. Think about this. I, 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 need, you to, I need to know that you know this, so I'm going to ask you a question. What is the original Pentecost back in Exodus? What is that? What, what was happening? Okay, how many knew that? If you didn't know that yet, I, I've, I don't mean this bad, but I've already said it two or three times. This is something that you really need to know. So 50 days after Israel was coming out of Egypt, Moses was up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments. Is everybody with me? That was the original Pentecost. Law, the Torah. Law written on stone. Turn to your neighbor, as I want to make sure everybody knows this. Say, the giving of the law was the original Pentecost. Tell your neighbor that. Chad, it was the original one. No. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was the original Pentecost. Now, now, how many how many seen the movie Moses or you've read about the original Pentecost? Here's what happened at the original Pentecost. And then I want you to see... That the fulfillment of Pentecost is what? What's the fulfillment of Pentecost? Everybody say the Holy Spirit outpouring. So the original Pentecost was what? What is the fulfillment Pentecost? Why is that important? You're going to find out. Turn to your neighbor and say the fulfillment is Acts chapter 2. Tell your neighbor that. The fulfillment of Pentecost is Acts chapter 2. Now... Original Pentecost, there was a cloud over Moses. In the fulfilled Pentecost, the Holy Spirit filled the room. With Moses, there was a loud noise. On original on the fulfillment of Pentecost, there was also a loud noise that drew 3,000 people there. It was so loud. 
In Moses, there was a fire up on the mountain. In the fulfillment of Pentecost, it says that it wasn't just one fire over one man on one mountain. But in the fulfillment of Pentecost, there was a fire over everyone's head. Somebody praise him. What that means is this. What that means is the, 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 the relationship, the talking to God face to face, the receiving, the law, the law. Moses on the first commandment was talking to God face to face through the fulfillment of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit's with us and we're talking to him face to face every day. In the original Pentecost, Moses was getting tables of stone that was written the Ten Commandments. And in the fulfillment of Pentecost, the Bible says that the commandments are written in our hearts and our minds. In the original Pentecost, in the original Pentecost, the law actually brought death to the people. And 3,000, when, no, when, when Moses came off the mountain, they had made idols and stuff. Everybody knows that. 3,000 people died. In the fulfillment of Pentecost, 3,000 people lived. So there's something about Pentecost that a lot of people don't understand. The first Pentecost actually brought death to us because the law shows us our sin and none of us can live it. None of us can live the law. Anybody out there? None of us can do it. None of us can keep the commandments. In fact, if you think about it, Moses was up on the mountain and he was hitting and, and he was receiving. God was writing it the, this first time. God was writing it. And it said, thou shalt not have any other God before thee. What were they doing down the mountain? They were had another God before him. On the, when Moses was up there, he said, thou shalt not commit adult idolatry. Shall have no other idol, not to have idols. What were they making down there? When God said, don't commit adultery, what were they doing down there? So you might say that they were breaking God's covenant and breaking the laws of God. You might say before the ink even had time to dry. Brothers and sisters, we are breakers of the law. You can think, you can get in your self-righteousness and you can get in your works-oriented salvation, your performance, but you are going to fail, you are going to fail, you are going to fail at that. The law is impersonal. The law can't help you keep the commandments. The law can't encourage you. The law can't give you strength. The law can't give you empowerment. The law can't do anything but bring condemnation through you. But Jesus fulfilled the righteous requirements of the law. And he sent the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Who writes the law in your heart. And Hebrews chapter 10 says this. He writes the law on our heart. And then he says to us that our sins and iniquities are forgiven. And he remembers them no more. So the Holy Spirit does two things. He helps you keep the law. And he empowers you to live a Christian life. That's what Pentecost is. A lot of people think about Pentecost as you get some gifts so you could do some service. But the number one thing about Pentecost is you get filled with the Holy Spirit so you can do and be able to, to do the things that God's called you to do. One, and here's the other thing. When you can't do the things that God's calling you to do, the Holy Spirit's there saying, 
Hey, hotshot, did you know God loves you? The Holy Spirit bears witness in Romans chapter 5. He says that the Holy Spirit bears witness in our heart, and he tells us that the love of God is shed abroad in our heart as the Holy Spirit saying, God loves you. And then in Hebrews chapter 10, it says, all right, remember when you sin and when you fall, get back up because the Holy Spirit shouting in your life that, God, that you're sinning with iniquities, God doesn't remember them anymore. The Holy Spirit empowers us, empowers us to be able to do the Christian living. Um, put this statement up, you guys. I'm skipping a whole bunch. Look, look up there. It says, I, I think I gave him this statement. The cross has been given to produce salvation for us. The Spirit, Holy Spirit, has been given to produce salvation in us. That's powerful. I'd write that down. Let's say that again. The cross has been given to produce salvation for us. The Spirit has been given to produce salvation in us. Christ's death, resurrection, and exaltation is the basis for salvation. Christ in our hearts by the Holy Spirit is its empowerment. The Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit empowers us to live Christian living. I'm going to go through these scriptures real fast and then I want to draw an example. In Ephesians chapter 3, the Holy Spirit empowers you for Christian living. I would write every one of these scriptures down if I was you. In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 it says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you ask or think, according to the power. I want you to look at that bottom line. According to the power that what? Works within us. Write down Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Because that's not going to be in your notes. It says you shall receive power once the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So that you may be a witness of Christ. Okay. So there's a power. Look at Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. God, the Holy Spirit. Go to the next one. Philippians 2 13. For God, the Holy Spirit. Come on, guys. Philippians 2, 13. For God, the Holy Spirit, is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Guys, the reason I want you to see that, it says, for, for who's working in you? Is it you or is it God? We put too much, we, we think too much of ourselves. I think. We put too much credit in ourselves. For it's God working in Brian, because there ain't anything good that comes out of me. It's God working in Brian, giving me the desire. Don't you tell me you want, you jump up every day with desire to serve the Lord. Hallelujah, I have so much desire. You're lying. God gives you the desire. Why do, you, why do you thump yourself on the head and say, what's wrong with me? I just don't have any passion. And then you're accusing yourself, and then the enemy's sitting there. You don't love God like you used to. You don't have the passion and the zeal for God. Some of you is hearing that today, where you can't even lift your hands. And the enemies, God was telling me this even when we were praised today, that some people have fallen into different sins and stuff, and they're afraid to lift up their hands and praise him because they've been convinced that they're a sinner and God's mad at them. No, the Holy Spirit's in your heart, and he's yelling out to you that when you fail, that your sins and iniquities are remembered no more. It's God working in you. He gives you the power. He gives you the desire. 
He gives you the desire. And not only desire, he gives you the power to be able to do what you want to do. Somebody say amen. I want to serve the Lord. Tell him you want to serve him. Tell him you want to serve him. Because when you got that desire that God gives you to serve him, he gives you the power to do, to do what? Anybody out here trying to please God? Look at Jude 24. To him who is able, talking about the Holy Spirit, to keep you from what? Huh? What? Whoa. You're in church. Marlene, stand up. Stand up. Hallelujah. She was in bed two weeks ago being told she had stage four cancer, but everybody put your hand that way and say, she's healed. Come on, she's healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There's a miracle about to happen today. Thank you, Jesus. Look at this. To him who is able, God can keep me from screwing up. God can keep me from falling. God can help me from messing it up all the time. Hallelujah. And bring me faultless and joyful before his glorious appearance. Colossians 1.29 says, that's why I work and I struggle so hard. Depending on Christ's mighty power. Here it is. That works where? Within me. Then he said to me, here's a prophetic word in Zechariah 4.6. Then he said unto me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force or might, nor by strength or your power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Thank you, Lord. John 14, 17 says, he, the Holy Spirit, who leads you into what? The world cannot receive him. Are you worldly today? The Bible says the world can't receive him. Because it isn't looking for him, and it doesn't recognize him. You know what? I hate to say this, but some of you wouldn't know the Holy Spirit if it come up and tapped you on the side of the head. Some of you wouldn't know if something was the Holy Spirit if he sat down beside you. Ooh, you're getting rough on me, Pastor. It's okay. Jesus got rough on him, too. Do, do you know what? Do you know that... That the religious rabbis and the Jewish, the greatest Jewish scholars at the day of Jesus, who had the whole, rabbis had the Old Testament memorized. They memorized the Torah. They, They had scripture memorized. But Jesus Christ, the prophetic Messiah that they supposedly were looking for, he was standing right in front of them. And they didn't even know it. Is the Holy Spirit right in front of you and you don't even know it? Because if that's what it is, it's you're not looking for him. How many is looking for the Holy Spirit? Come on. That means hungry for. How many is hungry for the Holy Spirit? How many? You, you know what Paul told the Corinthians? He said to be When it comes to spiritual gifts, he said, be zealous for all of them. If something's God, do you want a little or you want a lot? Is a little dabble do or do you want 
a bunch of God. Are you looking for him? Are you anticipating? Are you crying out for Do you leave service? You don't even think about God Do you get back next week. I want the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I'm looking for him. I'm looking for him. He's looking for me. I'm not of this world. I'm going to know him. It says, but you will know him because he lives with you and later will be in you. Because you don't belong. You belong to God, my dear children. 1 John 4, 4 says this. You've already won. You've already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives, everybody say the spirit. The spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in this world. As the praise team's coming, I have a couple questions for you. Can you experience Pentecost? I mean, ask yourself, can I experience Pentecost? Can I experience Pentecost? I'm here to declare to you, because I've been praying about this service, actually for weeks, this service, for weeks. I'm here to declare to you that God has a personal Pentecost waiting right here for you today. Then there appeared, the Bible says, then there appeared divided tongues. I need you guys to stay with me on scripture. Then they appeared divided tongues, because I want people, I believe it's powerful when people see it. Look at this. Then there appeared to them divided tongues. That means individual. Turn to your neighbor and say an individual tongue. A personal one. Uh, That that means everybody. Everybody. There appeared. You got to believe this. If you're going to receive today, you got to know it's for you. The Bible says there appeared to them an individual tongue. As a fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all, come on, and one set upon who? Is that everybody? And they were, is there a tongue of fire for everyone today? Is there a personal Pentecost for everyone today? I'm not, it's not, what's, scripture says there is or isn't? There is. See, you have to have basis for faith. If you're going to receive something, first you've got to have basis in the word. He said that you, you have heard from me, for John baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. The second thing he said, man, I keep hearing that tongue of fire. Don't let them get too loud, guys. I keep hearing that tongue of fire. It's set upon each of them. You know, if a fire set upon each of them, you could go like this. Karen, there's a tongue of fire over your head. Carmen, there's a tongue of fire over your head. And Chad, you could look at Shelly and say, Shelly, there's a tongue of fire over your head. And Shelly could say, Chad, there's one over your head. Bob, you could say, Allison, there's a tongue of fire over your head. And Allison could say, there's one over your head too. But brothers and sisters... If you tried to see the one over your head, you wouldn't be able to see it. You can't see the one over your head. To me, that tells me that you receive it by faith. That you can't see it, but you got to believe Scripture. That there is a personal Pentecost for you. There is a personal, an individual tongue for you today. 
an individual outpouring for you today. Believe ye the word of the Lord. And then it says, wait for the promise. 120 received first in the upper room. And then 3,000 came around. And the Bible says that these 3,000, Peter stood up and said, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for remission of sin. And then you shall receive the Holy Spirit. So 120 people received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Then 3,000 received the Holy Spirit. So there was an individual baptism for 3,120 people plus. Okay? And then it says this, for this promise, this is what I want you to see. For this promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off. How many was afar off from Jesus? Come on. How many was a long way from Jesus? All of us were. So that means everybody, all those who are far off. So that's a direct reference to us, to you, to me. How can I experience a Pentecost like that if it was a one-time thing? It wasn't a one-time thing. It happened in Acts 2, Acts 10, Acts 13, Acts 19. All through scripture. It's happened over and over. Well how can I experience Pentecost. Because Pentecost happened 2,000 years ago. My question is. Okay hold on. Can you be saved? How many believe you can be saved? Do you believe you can be saved? Well wait a minute. That happened 2,000 years ago. We weren't alive when Jesus was on the earth. How can we be saved now? Jesus started salvation. That was in the beginning. The original salvation started there with Jesus. But we've all been receiving that. Brothers and sisters, the original Pentecost happened in the upper room 2,000 years ago. And I ask you today, first of all, can you receive Jesus in your life? Yes or no? Well, then can you receive the Holy Spirit? Yes or no? Is it for everybody? Yes. Is there a divide? Is there an individual tongue of fire for you? Is it just for me? Or is it for you? So, so today, don't be wondering. It, does God want me to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Is there something for me? We answered those questions. So you just come up and you just receive the Holy Spirit. We just received the Holy Spirit. Let's stand to our feet today. Thank you, Jesus. If if you've never received the Holy Spirit and you want to, if you never have received the Holy Spirit, if this is new to you, I want you to come forward. You're going to receive the Holy Spirit today. If you've never received the Holy Spirit, if you've received the Holy Spirit and you need to be refilled with the Spirit, You know, today when I was driving on the way to work or on the way to church today, um, this is a work day for me. When I was driving to church today, you know, I had a Pentecost in my pickup today. I, I received the Holy Spirit all over again today, all the way over, all the way over today. So I, I want us to come forward today. They're going to sing a song. Let's just come forward right now. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit, I want you to come forward. Come up close because I believe there's going to be a lot of people. 
push in for it. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit for the first time or you want to be refilled, you want an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, rush into the front today. Come on, rush up here today. Rush up here today. Rush up here today. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Rush up here. Come in tight. Come in tight. Come in tight, Rita. Amen. Come in tight. Amen. Fill up in here. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do exactly what the Lord put upon my heart to do. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Thank you, Jesus. Come on up. Come across the front, Faith and Jim and you guys. Come on up here. Thank you, Lord. I want you to begin to pray. I don't want you to look at me, but I want you to look at Jesus. And I want you to say things like this. Jesus, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Say, Jesus, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe just as I'm saved, I can be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to say, Jesus, I know there's an individual tongue of fire that's going to come over my head today. And I receive it by faith today. I receive it by faith today. Think about this church on the rock. Let's all be participants. Think about this. To the exact day... 2,000 years ago, what we're doing right now on the altar call, they were doing in the upper room 2,000 years ago. Let's experience the same thing today. The exact time, the exact moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I pray for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I pray that the Holy Spirit, Lord, you and I had a talk on this on the way to church. I can't baptize anyone with the Holy Spirit, but you can baptize all of them. Lord, I pray that a tongue of fire would descend, an individual tongue, an individual Pentecost, a personal outpouring of the Spirit would come upon each person. And I want you to begin to worship Him now. I want you to begin to worship Him in your new infilling of the Holy Spirit. For more information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.